You are listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. You can find us at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook. Happy listening. Well, good to see you all this morning. I hope that you have got on well so far and enjoyed worship. Thank you to the Worship Collective. We are currently working through our series on the 23rd Psalm. It's so tempting to say on the Lord being our shepherd, but we're looking at the 23rd Psalm. Um, I've certainly really enjoyed going through this. There is so much that is present in these verses. And I want to give you um, a bit of a recap as to where we've been so far. So we're going to start by reading through the 23rd Psalm. You can obviously have it on your phone or just listen, close your eyes, whatever it is your practice to let it all sink in. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I, or even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And I want to ask you what has hit you so far about where we've been so far. So last week we were looking at, um, he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. But the whole psalm, as Andrew coined it, has this progressive layering on the reality and the truth of the opening verse that the Lord is my shepherd. He is mine. So the question is always, whose shepherd is he? Everything hinges on the fact that he's your shepherd. And often there can be disconnects from some of the verses later on, like I'm not really feeling refreshed, or there's no restoration going on, or why does it feel like I'm being led into the wrong places? It all goes back to, is he your shepherd? And the shepherd thinks so differently to us, which can cause problems. Isaiah 55, 8 to 9, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So to be able to think differently, you and I have to die to our self-interest, which I say with a smile because we all have the experience and none of us enjoys it. Yes, you're all quite blank looking, but we all know that it hurts when God says, no, no, it's this way, and we go, no, no, it's this way, and then we recognize that we can't win. The only way that we can die in a healthy way is to yield ourselves to the leadership of the shepherd. And Dallas Willard said, it's not about the death of self, it's about the death to self, the death to self-interest. It's no longer the domination of the soul, it's not about what we feel or how we think, it's about the leadership of the spirit through our spirits, and then we can work through some of the negative emotions and things that will come up. So last week we looked at, he leads me in paths of righteousness. And the paths are these securitous paths. So it's not straight. And I have been hammered by this all week long. You want to give a message about how God leads us all the way around the houses from A to minus 3 to green, back to plus 83, down to minus 3, and then to B. And then you find that actually the next week, your life really is very much like that. 
You have to accept that when you've taught it, don't you? You can't just stand and say, well, that's for you, but it's not for me. So how did you do with that? Did you take the circuitous path, pop those glasses on and look at your life and go, oh my goodness, that's why it's not straight. Just me then? That's all right. Keep going. And it said, for his name's sake, and literally that means because he puts his name to your life, if you're going to follow him. Now, the other glorious thing about this is, if God is leading you all around the houses, and it really is to, to the best of your knowledge you're trying to follow him, well, then really that becomes his problem. So you can say, you led me here. And he'll go, that's right, I did. So just sell yourself, Colin. Stop getting so antsy. Stop trying to defend yourself and explain to everybody what your life is and why it looks like the way that it looks. Just trust me. And in the end, in the end, it's very clear that there's this beautiful signature at the bottom, which is what God wants to put to your life. And he doesn't just put his name to anything. And Rabbi Harold Kushner tells the thematic riddle in which the young student is asked, is there a shortcut to this location? And the answer is there's a shortcut that is long and a long way that is short. So if you and I are going to follow God, it's going to be a little bit odd. It's going to be a bit roundabout, but in the end, we're going to get there to where he's always called us to go. Tough, but it's the way that he does it. And actually, it's not that tough when you die to yourself and you just get on with it. Although if you're a bit like me, every so often you're dead and then you're alive and then you're dead and then you're alive and then you're dead and then you're alive. Anybody else? Yes? So it's just, sorry, Clara, I don't mean to terrify you. But it's true. You think, I've, I've died to this. I'm good with where he's leading me. It's all good. Yes, yes, I have got it. And then all of a sudden you go, I don't like this. It's not fair. It shouldn't be like this. And then you have to die again. It's just the way it goes. Some biblical examples to back up this circuitous path. Think about God's way of taking down the walls of Jericho. What would it have been like to have been a guard watching them parade around, going, oh, here they go again. And then the seventh time, he's like, oh, boys, look, they've got some trumpets this time. And then the walls come a-tumbling down. Gideon then defeated the enemy by seeing how men like to drink water and edited them on that basis. Then he went to the garden center, got some terracotta pots in the Yankee candle store and lit some candles. And that's how he defeated the armies. And we champion these stories. And yet, would you like to be the one living that story? Joseph was led to marry the first virgin ever to be pregnant. And I was saying, imagine the staff room. Hi. Yeah, no, Mary's a virgin. Yeah, she's due in a couple of weeks' time. And yet, because it's a Bible story, we all go, oh, yes. Oh, it's not just a wonderful story. We remove the reality of these circumstances and miss the fact that God wants us to be able to go, I don't work in the way that you expect me to work. And then finally, Jesus came and said, I've come to bring you life. And then he died. And then he came back to life again, and he's still alive. So that's a different story altogether. But he doesn't do things the way we expect that he's going to do them. Okay, so today we're going to look at walking through dark places with the shepherd. Now, apparently the, the real translation of, of these verses, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. There is no actual sh uh, shadow of death it's really dark places is the translation. And on the circuitous path of righteousness, you and I are led through places that we would rather not go. Am I right? 
places that are ungodly. They're dark, they're shadowed, they're confusing, they're poorly lit. And it's on these parts of the journey that we discover much more about ourselves and about the shepherd than anywhere else. I would never choose a valley. It's too easy to stand up here and say, oh, yes. Oh, I love the valleys. Oh, I love the valleys. Are you, are you human? Even though, when I was preparing this, that's what the Spirit said, even though, focus in on even though. Do you remember anywhere else that one of the prophets said, even though, Habakkuk 3.17, even though there are no figs on the tree and grapes on the vine, whatever, I don't know whether figs grow on, grow on a tree, don't they? they? No figs in the tree. I was a gardener, now I paint again, so I've forgotten lots of things. Even though. David in the psalm is acknowledging the negative reality of a dark place. He's not drifted into some false positive and he's accepted where he's at. So the question is, do we? Has what, we learned, what we've learned about Christianity allowed us to accept the negative reality of the dark valleys or are all of us trying to make the best of a bad situation? When you're in a valley, I think it's really important, particularly from this psalm, to recognize I'm in a dark valley and even though that's where I am, God is going to do what he's going to do. And the truth is that you and I cannot access what we really need if we won't accept that the shepherd has led us on the circuitous paths of righteousness into a dark valley. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 1 Peter 5, 5 to 6. We all want to talk about when we're on a mountaintop and when we've come to maybe the conclusion of a chapter of our lives, when we're standing going, that all makes sense and we testify to it. But maybe sometimes it's more important to say, I am struggling in the valley because it's dark. And even though I'm struggling, you're still my shepherd. You cannot be self-sufficient and walk with God. It is not possible. You have to go through the valley. And to go really through the valley, you have to go down to the deepest parts. And I think, I was thinking on the way here, when we're going down into the valley and we've had a great time with God and we know who he is and we've learned something new about him, when we start going down, we think, okay, we're going into the valley here, but you're faithful and you're good and you're not going to let me down and I'm not going to be disappointed. How do you do when you get to the floor of the valley? Is it easy to stand there and to say, okay, you're still good and you're still, maybe all we have at that point is even though. And then we maybe come up the valley a bit again, but then we go down a wee bit further and the path undulates further. How do you do? Are you able to bear testimony to who he is in the even those? Even though are the words of a person who hasn't laid under the negative reality of the stretch of the path that they're walking called the valley of the shadow. And we've got three options when the path winds through the valley. One is to deny the negative reality and pretend that we're on a mountaintop. Two is to become victim to it. I'm in a valley and this is where I am. I've got to set up camp. And the third is to declare even though 
even though I can't see where the provision's coming from and the account's well in the overdraft, even though I have no job, even though this relationship is breaking down, even though I don't live where I want to live, even though I'm on my own, even though that was a disaster, he is still on the throne. And we prophesied in January that this is the year to ready and release your hallelujah. So it's time to declare our even those. How's your year going? Did you think that the ready and release would mean that the year was just going to truck on and there'd be problems and we would go, I'm going to ready and release it? Maybe this year is the year of even those until we get to the ready and release or hallelujahs because the even those are part of the preparation as well. Even though is declared to your shadow circumstances and get vision off the darkness and onto the light of the world that walks with you. For the Lord your God is the one who goes with you to fight for you against your enemies to give you victories. Deuteronomy 20 verse 8. 1 Corinthians 15 57. But thanks be to God. You can't nearly say that without a thanks be to God. He gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Romans 8 37. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Second bit, I walk through keep walking. Present tense, keep walking through. And the temptation in the valley is to stop and go. (laughs) Many have lain under the shadow circumstances and camped there. And it's at the utmost importance that you and I continue to walk. The onus is on us that we must keep walking one foot in front of the other. And Psalm 37, 24 says, Though he may stumble, he will not fall, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. So if you feel like you've tripped in the valley and you've face planted onto the ground and dear only knows what's all over your head, put your hand up or cry out and say, You said that I might stumble and fall, but you would pick me up by my hand. God loves that stuff. And the way on is the way through. I took Anna and Isaac uh, on Friday to the Ulster Museum. I love the Ulster Museum. I was hoping that there would be lots of the exib- exhibitions of the, like the Lavery paintings and all the paintings that they own. But sad but true, they just do one artist. And it was a local artist who I know is stuff from art college. Um, I was meant to have a tutorial with him and he never showed. So maybe I'm a little bit better if I'm honest about that. I was thinking, oh, right. Oh, you're in the Ulster Museum now, 20 years of your wonderful creations. So anyway, we walked through. Some of the stuff I quite like, but we walked through and it took Anna and Isaac into one of the video installations. And the minute that you walk in, it's like, oh, jeepers, this is depressing. Isaac clung to me. Anna held my hand tightly. And Isaac went, this place is a bit creepy. And I thought, yeah, yeah, it really is. It's just he focuses on a lot of negative stuff that I don't know why you would do that. But anyway, we went through it, didn't we? And we went through to the periodic table where they have that display of the toy from the 50s with radioactive isotopes in it. And you can do your own test, which is a little bit frightening. But we went through, and some of the exhibitions that we wanted to see, or we as a three wanted to see, went through that art exhibition that wasn't that great. And some of the pictures that even though they were negative, and it would have really irritated him if the artist was there, because I would have been saying, that's really beautiful. He would go, there's nothing beautiful about that. No, no, there is actually beauty present in it. I don't want to stay in his exhibitions. I do want to take some of the beauty that I can find in it, but I want to be able to go through it to get to other things that I really want to see. 
The problem is that the dark places tend to have a magnetic element to them, don't they? You think about horror movies. Not good to watch, and yet what is it that keeps you watching? Maybe you don't watch anything like that. Or other things that you shouldn't watch. I don't watch horror movies, all right? Just before you start judging me, I don't watch them anyway. It's not an experience, you know? But there are things that we shouldn't look at, but we just want to keep looking, don't we? You just, oh, keep going back. I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I'm not looking. But you keep going back to it. And the problem is that in the valleys and the shadows, you don't want to yield yourself to the magnetic attraction to stay there. I will fear no evil for you're with me. This is something that we've got to do for ourselves. And the first thing we've got to do is to recognize fear. And fear will put on a respectable outfit. It'll have an acceptable guise. And it will be familiar to us and probably part of our just our like surroundings. And we're not really sure and not really aware of it. I remember when I started to study art uh, years and years ago, um, I realized that, uh, you know Turner? You know the artist Turner? these kind of wild uh, storms and ships and things like that. And when I studied him, I thought, dear, I love his stuff. And then I realized that in my granny's house, on her wall is the Fighting Temeraro, which is one of the most famous paintings that he has. I had never seen it before. But when I started to study Turner, I was more aware of his stuff. And I was like, I've been staring at that for, well, it was only maybe 15, 15 years. Fear's a little bit like that. It so becomes part of our culture and part of where we exist that it's hard to see. So if we're not going to fear any evil, then we've got to recognize it. That's the first thing that we have to do. And then once we recognize it, we have a choice to, to no longer accommodate it and not yield ourselves to it. David is describing intention, and he's determined and he's practicing it to not fear any evil. And the word in the Hebrew for evil can also be translated as, and I find this very helpful, adversity, calamity, evil, harm, hurt, ruin, trouble, unpleasantness, or wickedness. I will not fear adversity, calamity, harm, evil, hurt, ruin, trouble, unpleasantness, or wickedness. And the reason that David is able to not fear is because he's keeping the reality that his shepherd is with him at the forefront of his thinking. We can be present here and in worship, and it is in worship typically that we get to see him as he actually is, or we feel him, or we find a solution to a problem that's been going on, or we just realize how much we've been staring at the darkness rather than the light. And then we walk out of here, and then we forget. If you do not keep awareness of the reality of God's presence being with you, you will act as if and embrace the lie that he has left you. I'm right, aren't I? That he's not with you. And these are thoughts that you need to hold captive and lead away to the obedience of Jesus Christ. And this is an excellent example of what leading away in obedience is. If you are sitting at any point in your life and you're saying, it feels like he's not with me, you take that thought, which is manipulating your emotions so that it feels like he's not with you, and you go, there is nowhere in Scripture that substantiates the fact that he has left you. So you grab that thought, and you make it obedient to the truth. And the truth is that whether you feel it or not, he is right here, 
right now in total sufficiency, giving you everything that you need. You and I have got to work daily and moment by moment, sometimes more than others. If it's a new area, it's going to be a lot of work and it's going to be constant and it'll be tiring, but you'll get there if you don't give up to choose to believe the truth and accept that the reality that the shepherd's with us. 1 John 4, 18, there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. I will fear no evil. I'm afraid of being tormented. No. Fear involves torment, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Dallas Willard says it much better than I ever could. The secret to a life without lack is rooted in our knowledge of God. When that knowledge is absent from our minds, everything goes to pieces. Your primary contact with God is through your mind, and what you do with your mind is the most important choice that you have to make. Wherever your mind goes, the rest of your life goes with it. When your mind loses its integrity, either through disease or damage or sin, your actions follow, it becomes kinetic or chaotic and disconnected. They don't make the right kinds of connections with reality. So we need to actively and intentionally bring our minds back to the reality of the presence of God. So where do you need to do that? Where are you struggling? And maybe no other human being knows where you really struggle. But where are you struggling? And where do you need to pop in the presence of God? Not as an addition, but as uncovering the reality of your actual circumstances. Because that's the truth that will set you free. Where are you allowing the shadows to instill fear rather than intentionally focusing on and embracing the love, care, and presence of the shepherd? And if that is like sometimes with me when you're driving along going, I don't care how this feels, and it feels horrendous, and I hate it. I hate it. For some reason, it's really important for me that I tell him how I'm really feeling. So maybe this is helpful to you, maybe it's not. But I'm like, I really don't like this. I don't like what you're doing here, but all right. You said that you're enough. You said that these are circuitous blooming paths. You've said that I have everything that I need. My cup is not flowing over. That's not the real translation. It is sufficient and full. You've said that I don't need to fear anything. You said that there's luscious green paths, even though it doesn't feel like there's any luscious green path. You've said that there's going to be still bubbling waters. Feels like I'm in the fighting Tamarara right now. But you said. That's right, Clara. <laughs> Sounds maybe a bit like that. Sometimes it actually does sound like that. And then once you've said those things, you just break down and weep. And then you feel a lot better because all that stuff's come out. You've got to get real with him. He's not the God of fantasy. He's the God of reality. So if your reality at the minute sucks, tell him and say to him, you said. He loves that stuff. Would the worship guys like to come and join me at the front? And finally, your rod and your staff comfort me. The rod and the staff are two elements that you and I need to know about the comfort we receive from the shepherd. The road brings protection from the enemies. And I was listening to, um, what do they call it when they kind of expound or like a commentary about this. And the guy said, you know, no, the road's nothing to do with discipline. The road has everything to do with discipline. Sometimes you and I need a little whack. And in our culture, 
we kind of sort of tiptoe around that a little bit. We're not talking about something that causes us to, um, it's detrimental to us. We're something, talking about something that is a positive whack. There are times where you and I need the whoosh, don't we? There's times when I go to do something and I feel like, oh, okay, yes, maybe that wasn't the best idea. Or then I think, no, no, that wasn't good. That was just the thought in my mind. And then I carry on through to my actions and then it hurts even more than the little whack that was a that I just felt beforehand. Part of the comfort that we need to embrace is that there will be at times a little whack from the shepherd. The second is that the staff rescues and guides us, or the second actually part of the road is that it protects us. It's what used to ward off evil as it comes towards us. And the staff rescues us. You know, when you see people, um, they used to do it when it was on TV and they need to get somebody off, they put the shepherd's crook and pulls us out. So sometimes we get ourselves into places we shouldn't be and the staff comes out and rescues us. And also it can be a place where we can lean. It gives us respite. And we as his sheep require both. The comfort of God is knowing that he is able to protect us from our enemies, that he's also able to protect us from ourselves and to guide us and to rescue us. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Would you like to stand with me? some questions as always to help you to respond and I want to ask you to physically respond if you can um, as you come up if you would pop your mask on and just keep those a couple of meters apart and we're going to do a corporate response as has been our practice since uh, we've come back from, from the pandemic so the first question is are there any negative circumstances that you need to acknowledge and accept as I'm speaking this morning, are you thinking, I'm trying to make things a lot better than they actually are? Maybe I just need to accept that this is a shadow valley. Secondly, have you lain down in the valley rather than intentionally walked through it? And finally, do you need to be aware of the presence of the shepherd with you and receive the comfort that he has to give you? If you can answer yes to any of these questions, then I'd ask you to come and, and join me now at the front. And we're going to worship for a time, and then I'll lead us in response. You have been listening to Destination Church Belfast weekly podcast. Remember to check us out at www.destinationchurchbelfast.co.uk and have a great week.